This is At Risk Radio. Welcome to At Risk Radio. At Risk Radio is a show where we talk about leadership in the church at risk. My name is Mark Stafford, and I'm the host of the show. I'm here with David Witt, and David Witt is the CEO of SOM International. This is part four in a series that we've called The Role of the Law. This is our longest series we've done so far, and if you haven't listened to the first three episodes, we'd encourage you to go back and listen to those episodes. Now, we're answering the question, how do leaders leverage the law? How do they leverage the Old Testament law as they're talking about Christ and people who need to invite Christ into their lives? One thing we talked about in a previous episode was that oftentimes when Muslims come into contact with the law, they really understand at a deep level their need for grace and their need for Christ. The law also, it shows us that we cannot live up to the Bible's expectations because David, what would happen if we tried to just be good enough to earn God's grace? You know, I think we see that every day. Everyone has ultimately had to face the law of seeing what the standard is. And we see the standard for God for eternity is, is perfection. And um, and has been weighed and has not made the you know has not made the scale has come up uh, wanting, and so I, I think of uh, Mark um, the times I've gone to mosque in the past we did outreach just our love for Muslims and um, you know people who love God uh, but have not heard or understood the gospel and I remember the one time I was talking to uh, a Muslim in Arizona at the mosque and having a good conversation and you know he wanted to to understand what it is a christianity what do you have to do what is it what is it to be a christian what do you have to do to to get heaven and um i talked to him started telling him about that's not what we do it's what christ does and that's what we call talking about the atonement it's what christ blood his death and sacrifice covers us so the law can't save us, and there is no law in Christianity that will save you. And anyone who believes that ultimately is puffing up themselves and their own flesh. And it was just interesting to see the conflict in his mind of trying to get the idea that, that he couldn't earn it. Because he's, his whole life he's grown up in the system of, you know, you basically, whatever deed you do in Islam, it's whatever deed you do, that earns you good points uh, towards Allah. And, um, you know, negative things, sins, earn you bad points, and they believe that in heaven all has scales, and, you know, all the books have recorded of your bad deeds and are on one side of the scale, and all the record of your good deeds are on the other side of the scale, and whichever way your deeds weigh will influence all of it to whether you go into paradise or not. Um, and so it takes, you know, revelation of the Holy Spirit revealing um, the law to, to reveal the uh, that we lack, and therefore we need God's help um, to fulfill the law. You know, it's surprising to me how many religions have some kind of similar system. And I think if I were to make up a religion, that's what I would do. Be, sure. I would say, just be um, you know, more good than you are bad, mm -hmm. and then it'll be fine. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like uh, Islam has some of those same ideas in it, but that's really in conflict to what the Bible says. I, like, what's the Bible scale when it comes to the, you know, do more good works than you do bad works paradigm that a lot of these religions have? Yeah, yeah. Well, ultimately, you know, that's that, that's there's is where the confusion is because there's a lot of the believers. In fact, Mark, if you were to ask most people who would self-proclaim 
to be Christian today along these lines, is the law abolished, mm-hmm. which I think is what you're going to today? In other words, do we have no law today? Do Is the law abolished? How do you think most Christians would answer that? Well, you know, the, the, the first thing, I mean, in my experience, I've asked people, like, what qualifies you to get into heaven? And 80% of the time, they'll say something like, well, I've been a good person. Yeah. Then there's another side of it that is like, well, since my sins are forgiven, then I'm just going to do whatever I want. And that's an error in the wrong direction too. Um, So there's some place in the middle there that the gospel lies and it's really otherworldly. It's a way that only Mm -hmm. God thinks, Uh, you know, what does the Bible have to say about, uh, you know, do we throw out the law or do we completely embrace the law? Like, where's the balance between those two things, David? Yeah, and, that, and, and the scripture uh, basically corrects both of those belief systems who, that are incorrect. Uh, one side, uh, again, is the law abolished. There's many people believe the law is abolished, and and it's a that's a wrong thought, a wrong belief. Uh, Paul addresses this because let's look at how Paul, you know, again leverages the law here. He said, Paul said in Romans three. Do we then overthrow the law by faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. So that's pretty brutal for all those. And you think at that point, it lifts up your 80% that you're talking about, Mark, of those who said, well, I've been a good person. Um, and so we have to let's continue to hold this attention so that we can look at that. But going on with Paul, uh, then Paul in Romans 13 says, Owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. Aha. Mm. So now we have some interesting verbiage there. It's instead of abolishing the law, it's no longer um, happening. It's fulfilling the law, which goes back to our past podcast, um, Mark, of again, confirming or affirming that God gives the law out of love. The actual motivation of the law is love, although we talked the law brings death, we saw in the Old Testament, but the the motivation of it is is love. But when we're in love, we're now fulfilling that law. And then um, Romans eight, uh, he said, Paul says, "For God has done what the law could not do by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us." who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So now, here we go, is Paul hits that that first comment again of yours, is that we are not going to fulfill by the law. We can't be good enough because our flesh is weak um, to, to uh, you know, again, to break one law is to break all of them. And so ultimately, the law, the whole end of the law is to bring us to Christ, and in Christ we now fulfill it by His love, mm. a new nature. Right. So, so what you're saying, okay, if I, if I'm understanding all this correctly, so if I just love enough, it's not quite enough. Yeah. No one can love enough because the standard is so high. The love of of Jesus is the ultimate love is anti-intuitive. It's love your enemy, do good to those who are wicked or ungrateful. Um, it's it's a it's a love and it's a perfect love that never fails because to even the scriptures Old Testament says to if you fail one law you've broken all the laws so someone from birth all the way to death would ultimately have to be perfect 
to fulfill God's righteous requirements, and God cannot lie. He has to keep his word. And Christ is the only one who's fulfilled that. So Christ is the only one who can give us his perfection, share his perfection with us. So that's the spirit of the end of the law. Right. Okay. So when we get back, uh, we have to jump to a break. But when we get back, we're going to talk about uh, this uh, dichotomy we have of the fact that Jesus fulfilled the law perfectly and we can't fulfill the law really at all, that one part of it breaks us, <laughs> that breaks our a relationship with God, and how exactly that is all brought together with the gospel, how we made the gospel central, and how we're talking with people about faith, especially those who maybe have a Muslim background. We'll be right back. At Risk Radio. Can you imagine trying to disciple a church with only one Bible? This is Mark Stafford from At Risk Radio, and our contacts in Venezuela are telling us incredible stories about people coming to know Jesus, all the while pastors are missing Bibles for their people. After receiving a Bible from our ministry, one man said with tears in his eyes, no one has ever given me such a beautiful gift. At Risk Radio, in our partnership with SOM International, is working to bring 2 million Bibles into Venezuela. For more information about how you can help, go to atriskradio.com. Welcome back to At Risk Radio. I'm online with David Witt, and David Witt is the CEO of SOM International. Now, David, Christ used the law. Explain to us a little bit about how Christ used the law in his ministry. I want to start out first by a story that I was given a couple times by Sabina Wormbrandt, who... Uh, founded uh, with Richard Wormbrandt, uh, the Voice of the Martyrs, influenced me for Spirit of Martyrdom International. And, um, and, she, and this story is just profound. It's, it stayed with me to really, I think, paint this picture of Christ using the law and giving grace. And so um, it's Truth wanted to share himself with the world because truth sets people free. So out of zeal, he knocked on the door of every house. And most houses, when they open the door, they saw truth, they're offended, thinking, why is truth and, and his arrogance think, I need truth. I'm fine. I'm I'm free. And then most people slammed the door. People cursed at truth. Some people spit on him and hit him. And he was uh, misused, uh, not well fed. And pretty soon his shirt was tattered. And one day while walking on the streets of this world, he comes across grace. And here is grace, well-dressed, obviously well-fed, well-taken care of. And truth says to Grace, uh, Grace, how is it that you fared so well in this world while I fared so poorly? And Grace uh, said, well, follow me. So uh, Grace went up the next door, knocked on the door. The people opened the door, and they saw Grace said, Oh, Grace, wonderful to have you. Come on in. And then they saw Truth behind Grace. They said, Well, Truth, you're with Grace. You can come in too. And pretty soon Truth got a new shirt. <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, the point of that story is, it's just a simple story, but profound. Every time the scriptures mark, um, Jesus is always mentioning his coming with grace and truth. It's never truth and grace in, in the order. And so our grace needs to lead our truth, but the truth is what, again, uh, supports the grace and the message of Jesus Christ. So I, with that story in mind, I think we jump right in how Christ used the law. And Matthew five seventeen, Christ's own words, supports what we talked in the first half of uh, Paul, a fulfillment here. It, uh, Jesus said, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. So again, we see the Christ sees that the law points towards him. He's mm -hmm. going to fulfill, bring grace, fulfill the law of love, ultimately. 
So uh, what what does he mean by that he came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law? I, I, explain what that means. Well, because he does, Christ did not sin, the Bible tells us. He, he fulfilled the law. Ultimately, God wanted us, the law ultimately was is, is what God, or God's design is to be the image and likeness of him. And so that goes back right to the garden uh, that we have, we had the choice though, to either get our love, our life, our reflection of God um, by a relationship and faith upon God, or we get a faith upon ourselves uh, being like God, knowing good and evil, making choices of morality. But that again, broke that perfect relationship. And so the, so the first law, the greatest law, there um, was dependent upon God, you know, faith, and so do not eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That was broken. And so then God begins to give us laws that reflect Him. You know, the Bible says, do not steal. Why? Because God doesn't steal. And we're to reflect Him. God, the Bible says, uh, do not, uh, you know, uh, bear false witness because God doesn't curse. He doesn't you say something wrongly against someone else. Uh, the Bible says, do, do not covet, because God is content in himself. Do not commit adultery, because God would never be unfaithful to us. So we had to go on and on about all those things. And so um, we, for, for Christ is love, and, and when he's in us, he gives us his nature of love. So if a person were to say, look, I, I've never killed anybody, never committed adultery, um, I've never stolen anything, I've never lied, mm-hmm. I'm good, I get a, eternal life, right? Mm-hmm. Is, yeah. that, is, that, is, that, is that what we're, get, we're getting at? Well, let's, um, instead of our pain, let's just give the scripture here, Marcus, that's a great segue to Matthew 19, uh, and the, how Jesus handled that particular question. Uh, and it starts out, and behold, a man came up to him saying, teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Now, so there's the question. He's asking the same question, right, that you just asked, right, Mark? Yeah, right. Okay. right. So he wants to know, how do I get eternal yeah. life? I've done a bunch, bunch of good works. Mm-hmm. And we talked about in our first segment, there's a lot of people who's, who would say that. I, I'm going to go to heaven because I've, I've done a lot of good works, whether they're Christian or Muslim mm-hmm. or some other religion. Mm-hmm. So this is a common thought that people have. Okay, so here it is. So I, I want everybody catch yeah. how Jesus answers. And Jesus said to him, why do you ask me about what is good? good. There is only one who is good. If you will, would enter life, keep the commandments. And so there you go. So Jesus, first of all, said, is asking a question. There's only one is good, and, that's, and he's pointing towards God. So he's inviting uh, this, uh, this man to, does he recognize that Jesus is God or not? Is he really good to, to be able to pronounce what is good or not? And, and But that Jesus, instead of pointing towards himself, he, he, he points this man towards the commandments. This is actually more of the exception. He actually pointed, used the law because he, because he discerned, ultimately, in this man's heart, proud, that this man was mm-hmm. proud. And so we see a basic principle that, ultimately, Jesus gave the law for the proud. He used the law against the Pharisees and Sadducees, not because he didn't love them. He loved them enough to know that that was the door they had to go through first before their their hearts would be humbled to 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 cry out for mercy um, and for God's righteousness mm-hmm. upon them, and that's exactly what we see because the rich young ruler goes on to say which one. So now he's wanting to get right, legalistic, right, right. and Jesus said, "You should not murder. You should not commit adultery. You should not steal. You should not bear false witness. Uh, honor your mother, father, and you shall love your neighbors yourself." 
the young man said to him, all these I've kept. I mean, this dude is pretty righteous. Right, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. We, we would say he's a really super religious dude if he's done all those things. Yeah, yeah. What, what do I still lack? Yes. And Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect, so there it is, the law of perfection, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect, and go sell all your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I say to you, only with difficulty will the rich person enter into the heaven again. So, okay, so the point that we see that comes out here is that Jesus points towards the law, actually is one he didn't mention, was coveting that the, and, and idolatry. And, the, and this man had coveted and idol, had, had idolatry towards materialism and wealth. And Jesus was dealing with that for him to go sell all his possessions. He would have to give up that idol to put, put God and Christ first so that he could be covered in the righteousness of God. So, that, so we see, again, Jesus leveraging the law to ultimately break the pride of man so that we receive the gift of, uh, of eternal life. Yeah, and I, I know we're, we're getting along on time, but I think that even what Jesus is getting at here isn't just like, do one more law. It, there, there, was, there was something yeah. deeper that he was trying to get at. And I think what you're saying is that um, he wasn't putting Christ first. He wasn't loving others well. He, um, he was still breaking the law, and he still needed God's grace. Is that, is that what you're saying here? Yeah, exactly. He was. And, and so that's what the law is for everyone, to point them away from their self, their own self-righteousness, to Jesus. For the law was given through Moses, but grace, here it is, grace and truth, came through Jesus Christ. So I just, I think to pr make it for our leadership podcast here, Mark, real quick, how to apply these principles in daily life. I, there's four things I want to give away here. Uh, always lead with grace and always attach truth, which is the image of Christ. So we, and, and that truth is his word, is, is even the commandments. That's the image, that's the perfection of Christ so that we, so people could see where they're missing and then seek by faith Christ to fulfill to fulfill that, and the two work on uh, discerning the spirit of pride uh, or humility, and that's why us as leaders, when we sense someone's in pride or humility, we can use the law to help people discover it for themselves. And then in situations of pride, um, that's when we apply the law. We help people understand the law and, and what its uh, what's work is there for. And obviously, in situations of humility, when someone's broken and hurting and they need mercy, they understand they've broken the law. They understand they're not righteous. That's when grace helps us restore them to truth, which is Christ and who is Christ. And so they fulfill both uh, the law of righteousness and they experience and they through grace. Yeah, there's a lot more we can unpack there if we had more time, but we're coming to the end of our segment here. So, hey, there's a few things you should know about SOM International. First of all, SOM is all about the Word of God, uh, the Word of God in print, the Word of God in audio, and the Word of God lived out as uh, others are being loved in the name of Christ. Well, we have a number of resources available at the SOM bookstore. That's at spiritofmartyrdom.com. But we have opportunities for you to help others get the Word of God into their hands. And we would really encourage you to subscribe to this podcast so that you can be kept up to date with what's going on. My name is Mark Stafford, and this has been At Risk Radio. You've been listening to At Risk Radio. For more, go to atriskradio.com. At Risk Radio is a production of SOM International.